NPR is in negotiations with their union contract at the same time that the GOP is in negotiation to get their health care bill passed. And as soon as next week, Donald Trump Jr. may be negotiating to save his integrity. I'm Ian Shapiro, and you're listening to Politics Explained. Let's get to the politics. Hey everyone, so normally we would do a Trump Tweets Explained segment, but Trump is over in France right now meeting Manuel Macron. My apologies, Emmanuel Macron. So it's Bastille Day over in France. And what is Bastille Day? Well, Bastille Day is actually going to be on tomorrow, Friday. It's always celebrated on the 14th of July. And what does it celebrate? Well, it celebrates the storming of the Bastille on July 14th, 1789. And I don't know too much about French and European history, but apparently this was the turning point of the French Revolution. Viva la France! Back here in the United States, we have other stories going on, though, because we already got our 4th of July independence celebration out of the way, you know, about a week ago, and that was pretty good. So, Senate Republicans today on Thursday are going to release a revised version of the Healthcare Reconciliation Act. This is the Senate's replacement for Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act. Now, remember that when this bill originally came out and received a CBO score, it essentially said that over the next decade, the increase in the uninsured population in the United States would basically go up by 22 million people. This was not a very good uh, PR point, especially because about 15 million of those people would lose their insurance due to losses in the expansion of Medicaid, and the people who use Medicaid are those individuals who are seriously experiencing the opioid epidemic in the Midwest and other areas of the country, and who represents those states? Well, it's mostly moderate Republican lawmakers. This has created a scenario where the GOP can only lose two senators in order to pass the bill. However, they have just around half a dozen wavering because of different issues that they have, especially with these Medicaid losses. But that was the old bill. A lot of you are probably interested, what's that hot new fresh off the presses bill? Well, it looks pretty similar to what the Senate already had. However, there are some key differences that were made in order to hopefully sway more Republicans to get on board with this repeal and replacement of Obamacare. And I bet you're wondering what they are. However, I'll talk about them right after this.
If you're here listening to this, then you already know how great Anchor is, and you already know how great Politics Explained is. And I'm correlated with Anchor and Politics Explained, so that means you must like me, Ian Shapiro, a whole lot. Hey, thank you so much for listening. I adore each and every one of you, and I really do hope that you're getting something out of the station, whether it's entertainment, um, you know, kind of thought like, hmm, yeah, that, that may be how politics actually works. That's a nice perspective. I like that insight. Uh, but you know, don't take my word for it. I've got a really nice call in here from the Game Changer, and she'll also tell you that it's nice to listen to American politics news sometimes. Take it away. Hey, this is Sasha from the Game Changer, another featured station on Anchor. Uh, this is pretty cool. Thank you so much to Politics Explained. Uh, down in Australia, we don't necessarily get to hear so much about what well, we do, but it's good to get a little more of an extra insight into uh, what's happening over there in the US of A. Uh, thanks so much for all your good vibes, info. Um, just really digging the station. Uh, keep it going. And, uh, yeah, totally agree as well on the quality of audio. It's uh, I was tossing it with to get some as well, but I think I'm just sticking with recording it on my phone. Anyway, have a great day. So at this point, it's become very complicated to compare healthcare bills. Let me explain why. Uh, when you're comparing, you know, what a piece of legislation will do to people's lives, then you, of course, need to compare it against what already exists. And what already exists and is in place is the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. However, we've had to juggle giant spreadsheets uh, of, you know, Obamacare, the uh, House American Healthcare Act, uh, the Senate's BICRA, uh, and also now these newer versions of the Senate bill. So you have to kind of juggle these and say, now what are we talking about right now? So I'm going to do my best to explain what is in the current Senate bill that they're trying to push for a vote and compare that at the very least to Obamacare, but maybe also to the small changes that they made from the original Senate bill. Wow, that was a lot. Let's go for it. Now, the first thing to notice is that this version of the Senate bill has more money allocated for the opioid epidemic. Now, the initial bill only offered $2 billion to address the crisis in the year for 2018, and this version would offer $45 billion. This is essentially something that Republicans from Ohio, like GOP Senator Rob Portman, and also West Virginia Senator Shelley Moore had requested pretty vehemently, considering those uh, issues are hitting their states basically harder than anyone else. And while $4.5 billion annually to help fight the opioid epidemic seems like a lot, it's nowhere near what combating America's opioid epidemic may need, as the New York Times reported last June. The second change from the original Senate bill is that this new one is going to keep some of Obamacare's taxes. Remember the Democrat and kind of headlines that you saw a few weeks ago were this is not a medic, uh, a healthcare bill. Instead, it is a uh, you know it's a cut on Medicaid so that you can give taxes to the rich. 
well, the original bill would have repealed a bunch of the Affordable Care Act taxes, which were taxes levied on individuals and corporations like the uh, insurance industry. And I guess at the individual side, it'd be individuals making more than $200,000 a year. It was that kind of benchmark that you would hear about. This newer version keeps most of those taxes on uh, net investment income and you know highest income earning Americans in place. So it's harder to tell that reverse Robin Hood story with this new version of the Senate health care bill. That's very good PR-wise as they're trying to sell it to the public. However, what's conspicuously missing from all these changes? Well, it still cuts Medicaid, which you know hits back home at the heart of this whole debate of is this a health care bill? Or is it a Republican attack on entitlement programs that disproportionately hurt the poor, disabled, um, and really very sick among us who don't have the means to care for themselves? At the end of the day, we're going to get another CBO report early next week, probably on Monday or Tuesday. And at the very, very end of the day, this is still a widely unpopular bill with only about 20% of the American public saying, yeah, let's go for it. This is a nice replacement for Obamacare. So one of my favorite news organizations, NPR, is having some trouble. So there's an issue between NPR's management and, you know, their run-of-the-mill, boots-on-the-ground reporters that are part of a union. Employees of NPR warn that they could potentially move towards going on strike when their current contract expires later this week on Friday. Their union represents 400 NPR employees, and among them they have launched the hashtag WeMakeNPRTrend on Twitter. The group has said the future of NPR is at stake, and talks have been taking place in Washington, D.C. with a federal mediator between the union and NPR's management. The union states that the current contract proposed, uh, you know, to kind of re-up this coming week, seeks to tear apart fundamental workplace rights and benefits of union members. And it threatens the core NPR mission by devaluing the work of people who have helped to bring recorded audiences uh, to all of NPR's different platforms. This is a feat that is frequently touted by NPR management executives. However, they want to make it harder to actually happen. NPR has actually seen double-digit growth across all of their platforms, bringing in a budget surplus. This is on the backs of the hard-working journalists, reporters, copy editors, fact-checkers, editors, uh, just in general. Just a lot of really hard work, and as someone who consumes NPR on a daily basis to kind of get my baseline understanding of what's going on in the news, this is highly troubling. Okay, so one last piece of upcoming political news. 
in response to Donald Trump Jr. Uh, submitting on Twitter a thread of emails showing kind of the exchange setting up the meeting between him and a Russian-associated lawyer. The heads of the Senate Judiciary Committee have now written a letter to Donald Trump Jr. requesting that he testify before the committee. Uh, this is according to chairman of the committee, Chuck Grassley. He is a senator from Iowa and a Republican. This kind of goes to show that despite what Trump and his inner circle and kind of his media spin team are saying about the whole story, you know, between just things that Kellyanne Conway are saying about like uh, confusion, collusion, holding up weird little cards, and also Donald Trump Jr. himself going on shows like Sean Hannity, which is a fairly sympathetic show if you kind of don't know the backstory of Sean Hannity and Fox News. Uh, it goes to show that Republican elites, that's right, political elites, which we've talked about earlier <laughs> on the show, you know, they aren't really buying this. They look at this as some a smoking gun, right? Here we have in writing released by an individual like very, very close to Trump. He kind of like halfway came out of Trump. He's his son. And he shares the name Donald Trump Jr., which is funny in of itself. This guy basically released emails saying, hey, collusion with Russia? This information is going to help my father win the election, and it's from Russia's government, and it's part of their network of information to help and support Mr. Trump. Yeah, let's set up a meeting. Yeah, that's pretty fucking close to whatever you want to call collusion, right? I mean, collusion involves uh, solicitation, uh, you know, seeking acceptance uh, of information, things of value from a foreign actor. So, you know, people are going to get into a lot of discussions of like, well, what is collusion? It's just like, well, yeah, collusion is kind of hard to pin down legally. However, politically, this is clearly terrible for Trump and the administration. You know, the only thing Trump has kind of done is say, like, I support my son. I uh, think that he's a high-quality person. And while these statements kind of seem, like, funny and like, haha, he was caught red-handed, as Time Magazine might say, still, you have to give it to Trump. It's not like he's not going to defend Donald Trump Jr., that's what anyone would do for their family. So I don't blame or make fun of Trump for those things. I do think that you remove that from the equation and nothing that they're doing politically looks very good right now. So I look forward to seeing that testimony, hopefully in the coming weeks. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Politics Explained each and every day here on Anchor and iTunes and Google Play and a few other platforms. Uh, if you enjoy it, why not tell someone about Politics Explained? You could tell your mom about Politics Explained. You could tell your dad about Politics. You could tell my parents about Politics Explained. I bet they would love to hear about it. Uh, anyway, if you need a source of information that's fairly even-handed, I like to think I do that fairly well, about what's going on in politics, uh, you know, from a political science perspective, but also just a guy who likes to have fun, then uh, check me out each and every day, because uh, that's how often I try to stay updated on this whole podcast endeavor. So again, thank you very much for listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro, and tomorrow we'll get back to the politics. Politics.